CompC is your home for buying, selling, and flipping all the hottest trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 29 million cards, from baseball superstars like Aaron Judge to Marvel favorites like Spider-Man. CompC has something for every type of collector. Visit CompC.com today to build your collection with your favorite cards. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. Today, we are going to continue our Super Collector series with a John Stockton Super Collector. Lou Olson is a fellow podcast host. He's a co-host of the Hall of Very Good podcast, but he is also a John Stockton super collector, and he is going to be our main interview guest today. But first, I want to talk a little bit about one of my hobby observations this week, and I want to thank a few of my hobby friends who helped point this out. I had been looking at some wrestling cards, and I had noticed that the price of some of the Panini wrestling cards were starting to come down pretty reasonable. And I noticed that some of the 2021 versions of the tops final issues that they put out, some of the Heritage, some of the Finest, some of the other international match attacks cards, those were getting to be pretty reasonable prices too. But today I had somebody point out, my, my friend Dan Bell pointed out that some 2021 tops Heritage high number cards, hobby boxes were down to $40 a box on blowout. That's pre-pandemic levels for Heritage. And I noticed out there when I was looking that Topps Big League was down to $20 to $30 a box for, for Topps Big League, which is a fantastic entry-level set. You know, you have the chance at a nice checklist. You have a chance at autographs, some parallels. Big League is a, is a great set. So there's some prices coming down for wax that are getting to the point where it might be fun to start buying and ripping again and and going after some hits and being able to sell off the base and the inserts on sport lots. There's a chance that wax might start being in my future again here over the, the latter part of 2022 and into 2023. And that could be a fun, fun little pivot back to what I was doing from 2016 to 2019. Anyway, that was my little observation this week. There's a lot of wax that is starting to become reasonable again. So if you were just completely dismissing it in the past because of how high it had gotten, you can start to maybe dig in a little bit on the big online online platforms on DA, Blowout, and Steel City, and you might be able to find some good deals and have some fun. Well, let's get into this interview after I tell you about Underdog Collectibles, the online shop run by Collectors for Collectors that breaks new product almost seven days a week now on Loop, Facebook, and YouTube. You can see what they're going to be breaking this week by checking them out at udogcollect.com, or you can visit their brick-and-mortar shop in Knoxville, Tennessee to see their full selection of wax, singles, supplies, and even watch some of those breaks live and in the shop. They're also an approved group submitter to SGC, and you can learn more about that by visiting udogcollect.com as well. And when you do, make sure you tell them that Wax Pack Hero sent you. Well, today we're going to continue our Super Collector series, and I am happy to welcome Lou Olson to the show. 
He's the co-host of the Hall of Very Good podcast, and he is a John Stockton super collector. So, Lou, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. I'm very happy to be here. I always like to get started with these conversations by learning my guests' cardboard origin story. So what got you started in the hobby? So um, it de- like I, like most people, I'm sure, of my age, I'm, I'm an elder millennial, so late 30s. Um, it, it started with baseball. And honestly, I try, it probably started with Ken Griffey Jr. Um, and Robin Yount for me, right? Like, because at that time, you know, Griffey was everywhere, you know, Griffey was the, he was the player. Um, and so like growing up, you know, I collected Griffey and Robin Yount, Paul Molitor, um, the Brewers guys of that, of that time. And then uh, sometime in middle school, I, I wanted to play basketball. So I went from Catholic school to public school. Okay. So now for those of you who are not familiar with how this works, when you are, when you are like four foot four at Catholic school, you can make the, the you know the sixth grade basketball team when you go to seventh grade at public school you cannot um and so i got roughed up uh pretty bad at those tryouts and through that like i kind of it made me want to be better and um somehow i stumbled on john stockton right as this example of kind of a small a, a physically unimposing guy right a physically non-threatening dude but, but be that as it may, you know, he could ball. And um, so from that, I, I just, I started to collect his cards and I um, like for Christmases, I asked my parents to get me his jerseys. I still have all the jerseys that I got from growing up. So like I have, I have the team USA Jersey. I have the old white with the music note. Yeah. Uh, I have the, the purple with the mountain range from the, from those playoff runs. Right. So I, and that, kind of it, it never my adoration and love for him it, it like never subsided either it was something that everybody like knew it was an identifier for me too because people knew that I was a huge John Stockton fan and like it was something I wore and it it did evolve into me becoming a Utah Jazz fan but I found out after he retired that that was not the case I was just a John Stockton fan I I never rooted for the jazz again after he left so that wasn't it it turns out um but yeah so now as an adult right um you know i have all my starting lineups on the wall from when i was a kid i have my john costakis uh point break poster up on the wall here but then you know now i have things that adults have right i have a john stockton signed basketball a piece of john stockton signed floorboard i've got a bunch of eight by tens but you know this show's about cards so uh i guess where i'm at now um, I didn't look at the exact number. I have a full inventory, but I didn't look at the exact number. It's some, I'm somewhere over 600 um, individual cards and uh, and like duplicates and extras. And like, I have a couple different variants and things like that. Like it's, I don't know, it's like 14 or 1500 ish. Um, I don't know. It's a lot. And again, it's because I've collected it my whole life. So like, you know, for people who just go to card shows casually, right. And again, before it was super duper popular, you know, um, Sean and I would go to sports shows to talk to guests or or meet potential guests, right? And from that, you know, I would just go sift through, look for Stockton cards that I didn't have or that I wanted. And the thing is, is that until cards really blew up recently, nobody gave um, about John Stockton cards. Now all of a sudden there is this weird uptick in people collecting him, which is weird to me, but I just did it. And again, I don't mean to sell myself short on your show, but I actually sold a bunch of my cards to another Stockton super collector who has like, he has like 
way more than I do, I'm pretty sure. Um, But I also have a lot of duplicates. So, right. So like, you know, it's, and and again, I I loved dealing with him, you know, another Stockton super collector was cool. It was cool to talk to somebody like that and like share that nerddom, right? Because the stuff that I have is all, is pretty, again, it's, it's, it's like 20 years of just collecting and accumulating. And again, I have, I, again, I know it's a, it's hard on visual, but you know, this is, this is the Stockton binder, right? So it's got Stockton stickers, stickers all over it. That's all. Just I love based. the outside of that. That is definitely yeah. straight from the childhood for sure. Right, right, right. So like, um, and then I've got, you know, I've got a Tupperware tub full of, you know, um, cards and more hard, you know, cases and Jersey patches and all that. And then literally just boxes of extras. This is just, I pulled all this out to show you. It's so it's, it's a little absurd and I'm sure my wife would um, rather I get rid of all of it. But if you're a collector, you know that there are things that you're willing to part with that you're willing to negotiate with. And my wife doesn't really, she doesn't really, doesn't really talk about the Stockton. She never really asks me to do anything with those really. So, um, so that's where, again, a lot of them go, they go in the binder. I like to look at that, you know, on, on gloomy days and just reminds me of my childhood and similar times. And again, they're all in immaculate shape because I always took care of them as a kid and I still do now and, you know, keep everybody safe. And I have, um, you know, I have Stockton cards that I keep in a safe. So, you know, it's, it's <laughs> so super collector, probably of Stockton. I would, I would, I, since I have stuff in the safe, it's probably, it's probably a bridge too far. I would, uh, I would say, I'd say you are, <laughs> you are, are definitely fitting the bill of a super collector. So let's take a step back though. So, you know, you are, as you kind of described, a short white kid latching mm-hmm. on to somebody else that somewhat resembled where you were at in time, right? And, sure. and John Stockton was that guy for you. I was in a similar situation. I was fortunate enough to be able to play through high school because I continued while I went to a public school, I went to a small public school. And so uh-huh. I was still able to continue to play. But Mark Price was that guy for me. He was oh, sure. Yeah, was yeah. The, the white guard that, Mark that Price, I latched yeah. onto as kind of the guy that I um, wanted to emulate when I was in school. So, you know, there's a few other ones out there, you know, that, that were in that mm-hmm. same era, yeah. right? Why Stockton over maybe some of those other guys who were, you know, similar in stature and you reputation know, and talent? That is, you know what, I guess I, I unfortunately, it's going to be kind of a lame cop. I don't know that I, I have a great answer for you, Mike. I I think that it probably had something to do with, um, I think it probably had something to do with, you know, just wanting to be something different than, because the Bucks were terrible at the time and I didn't root, want to root for the Bulls because they, you know, Jordan was at his peak and, you know, everybody rooted for the Bulls. So I, so maybe it was out of a desire to f- watch someone else and like root for someone else from a distance. Um, I, I guess I don't, I don't have a specific answer for you why, why it became John Stockton, but I mean, but once it was him, I mean, it's been, it's been him ever since, right? Like it never, it's never not been him. Um, so for whatever reason, yeah, I latched onto him more, more than probably any other athlete in any other sport. And I have a lot of stuff from other athletes and other sports, but nothing, it's nothing nearly as close to what I have from 
have you ever got a chance to meet him or I have not him online no I have like I have not I don't even I'm sure he doesn't even uh, know that I exist really but um I would like to I mean I um <laughs> I know he, I know he got in trouble for not being vaccinated and going to basketball games and like you know I don't care about that really uh <laughs> like that I don't whatever um but you know I would like to meet him uh maybe or or at least talk to him like if I could get him to come on the podcast, although I don't know what tie he has to baseball, but um, I, it, I would be honored um, to get to talk to him. And because um, I do, I, I think that he, he's a guy who is endlessly overlooked in the conversation about greatest point guards. And when you really stop and think about it and make people look at the numbers, his assist record and steal record, none, they're not going to ever get broken. Those are records we also never talk about in the they're never going to get broken category. They're never going to get broken. Neither one of them. Never. Never, 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 never. So the idea that he isn't one of the greatest guards, but he's going to always hold the all-time steal record and he's always going to hold the all-time assist record is kind of insane to me. Like, yeah, Magic was awesome. I watched Magic play, but like Magic doesn't hold a single all-time NBA record in any category, does he? Right. Like, I don't know, man. So for me, when Stockton isn't even like the top five point guards of all timeless, I always take offense to that. I'm always like, get out of here with that that he's not top five point guard of all time. This lunacy. You can't, you can't be the best passer of all time and not be top five. Hopefully at some point you'll get a chance to get to meet him, potentially interview him for the, the show or something yeah. like that. That would be, that would be really cool. I know um, a couple of years ago, I had tweeted out a photo of some of the material that I got back from Mark Price when I wrote to him as you know sure. a junior hire or whatever and he sent back kind of a letter with some some other stuff um, and I, I tweeted that out and tagged him in the tweet and he liked it and and made some kind of brief response sure. back and I was like yes yeah and, maybe you know, this he, maybe this will be the pocket maybe this podcast will find him and and he'll be he'll be flattered and um, you know that'd be cool I'd be into it I'd be into it he's definitely someone I would I would like to meet someday so that would be cool do you have a favorite stockton card in your collection boy i knew you were gonna ask that and i even thought about it i I, i'll tell you what i i do have two favorites but it's because they're custom art cards that were made for me so one of them was made by my friend heavy j and um and he does custom art all the time and he made me a stockton card that i love very much and then the other one, um, actually, if you give me a second, I'll take it down. So I like this one because um, if you, if uh, here, I'll, you might want to take a snapshot of that one. It's got dimes on the back of it. So I just think that that's cool. Um, I, I, this, I found this gentleman through Twitter and, um, and he was like, I have an idea for a Stockton card. And I was like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll kick you some money for it. Um, and now I'm for the life of me, I can't, but it just says custom handcrafted heart, one of a kind collectible. And it is. So like, those, those are my favorite ones those are the things that i like um the most like the cards cards yeah there are ones that i think are really cool and there are ones that i like to look at i i do have a soft spot for um refractors that have the the, the peel still on them yeah like i love those i have a lot of those and i love those like i'll never i'll never peel i'll never peel the plastic off my never <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'll never peel that protective film off and like i love those those i have a soft spot for those for any like um i have a whole brewer's collection of tops finest cards even in their worst seasons with all of the the stuff still on like that i definitely have a soft soft spot for in cardboard is the the refractors that still have the peel on them. peel peel or no peel that is always the question oh, never 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 peel 
Don't has there been it. a Stockton card that has been the toughest for you to track down? One that you I have mean, been really after and couldn't, yeah, I just mean, couldn't land? The rookie, right? So there, there are several, like it's the 80, is it the 85 star? There are a couple different iterations. I have two of the three. Um, but the one that's like the rarest one, I've I've almost had it a handful of times. There's there's a thing too where like I live a real life. I'm not just like made of money. Like the the stuff that I have is from years and years. My brother-in-law and I like we sold mem- and distributed memorabilia for some time. So like my collection is stuff that I've acquired over years and years. It's not something where like I'm just going around throwing money around. I've made trades. I've swung things right. So it's um. Yeah, it's it's hard to like spend eight hundred dollars on one card, even though you know I could probably at some point in time. But it's that's a tough that's a tough one. Even my voice cracked a little bit. Like that's a tough it's a tough bill to swallow. That's a lot of cash for something like that. When in reality, it's something that I've almost had for much 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 less in the past. And so it's one that it will continue to elude me. But like look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm suspecting the card market is really starting to level off and it's probably going to crash even more. So the reality is that I, I will get it someday at the price that I am after. I'll find it at a card show someday. The thing is, is if you're diligent, and this this is just my advice to collectors in general. I don't know if anyone gives advice on here. If you are patient and you are diligent, you will always find what you're looking for at the price you're looking for. You just have to, You just have to be diligent and you just have to be patient. Keep your eyes peeled always. If you feel like you shouldn't go check that table, you're probably wrong. You should have checked that table. So like a lot of the things that I have that I found that I've discovered, I have a, um, this is a little kind of a, a little bit of a downer collector story in a way, but I have a, a signed game used Jose Fernandez baseball that I found a guy had it in a box of spring training baseballs that he had acquired just from being at spring trainings. Didn't know what he had, paid $80 for that ball and got it authenticated. It's the real deal. It's a signed game used from spring training, Jose Fernandez baseball. And I got it for nothing. You just have to, you just have to know what things are. You have to educate yourself. If you really want to be in this hobby, you can be smart about it and not ever get ripped off. I've never been ripped off. I've never had someone not send me something I've paid for. I've never had it happen. And that's because if you're smart about it and you do your homework, you won't buy fakes. You won't get duped you know, trust your gut. So like collectors, just some advice from years and years of doing this crap. And it's just, it's easier to be diligent and patient than to just blow a bunch of money because you're like, I want it now. Don't do that. If you got time, wait it out. Patience is so key on, absolutely on, on both educating yourself before you jump into something as well as, you know, finding it at the right price. You know, it happens, you know, time after time especially for brand new stuff you know the the rush of new releases coming out people trying to snap things on the the first week of a release and then right. a couple months later you know it's down well down below and and much more yeah. affordable and and outside of an 18 month window or whatever that we just experienced mm-hmm. where things were a little bit crazy that same pattern is is starting to come back so patience is is so key mm-hmm. so outside of that rookie card are there any other kind of notable ones, any oddball. I mean, I, I love these like food issue and kind of the promotional type cards, you know, and I, and you know, what's wild is I have a lot of, you're looking yeah. for. no, I mean, I have a lot of those, which is wild. Like I have a lot of the really weirdest John Stockton cards that have been made. Um, I have, you know, 
whole sets of those star cards that they used to make where there were like yep. 10 Stockton cards. And I, I have, I have a lot of the, the really weird, weird stuff of his. Um, I don't know. Again, that rookie would be nice. Um, I will say that um, I'm a big fan of, I don't remember if it's the maybe 2019, there was the prism hall of fame series and there was like a leopard one. It was like one out of five. And I always thought that, I always thought that was a super cool looking refractor and it was one out of five. So I always thought that that would be cool to have. Um, I like, I have, I have printing plates. I have mm -hmm. one of one printing plates. And so I have, I have cool. Um, I have interest. I have a lot of Jersey patch stuff. So like I have Jersey patches of him with Hornacek, you know, dual Jersey patches of him with Malone. I have one of him with Gary Payton, like, so stuff like that is kind of cool to me too. I have a lot of Jersey patch cards and, um, no, nothing. I'm trying to think if there's anything really weird. No, I mean, I even have two of, I'll show you. I can, show you. again, it'll, the angle will suck for pictures. But like, I even have, where are these dumb things? I have two of these because I find them delightful. So these are, um, these are Italian. Um, it, it's a, it's like John Stockton's Italian rookie card, but it was in a set of playing cards. Oh, wow. So I, so I have two of them and I got them graded at different, different places um, just cause I think it's cool. And it's all, you know, the front is all in Spanish. Um, so, yeah. So like I do, I do sort of dabble in my collection in general. I really like weird stuff. That's really what I gear more towards is stuff. That's a little more unique um, things that are harder to find. Um, trying to see if I have anything. Oh, here, this is, um, so this is another one. This is a Japanese I don't know if you can see on the bottom but it's all it's all in japanese down there at yep. the bottom yep. so and again it's it's also part of a playing card deck right so so like i have i have some i have some goofy i have some goofy stock and stuff um any but, other side pcs like on the baseball side or anything oh like yeah that? for sure um i so i have huh, i collect a lot of brewers milwaukee brewers stuff um i have um, a lot of Hank Aaron, cool Hank Aaron baseballs. I have a lot of game used bats. Um, I have a cool little, cool little baseball bat collection. Um, I have uh, a nice collection of Negro League and uh, AAG PBL stuff now. Um, I have a few. I have actually a peach, like a, a, a plastic peach that's signed by a bunch of the original Rockford peaches, okay. um, which is cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's mostly baseballs is what I, is like what I really, and again, I, I can kind of, flip you around here in a second but it's a lot a lot of baseballs um i have um game used baseballs from important brewer playoff games and i have um, oh if all right so this is this is timely i one of my favorite pieces it's a baseball bat and it's a it's a cooperstown collectible from roger maris's 61st home run 61 home run season 1961 um i had tracy stollard the pitcher who gave up the 61st home run he actually wrote the story of that day on the bat for me. Wow. That's amazing. It's, it's super cool. And he signed it and he, um, he, he like thanked me. He was like, this was really nice. And he, he died shortly after that. It was kind of sad, but, um, but like, that's so like, I like, I collect things that I feel like when people come by or like when they want to see my stuff, I can show them and they're like, wow, you have a, you have a unique collection. And like, to a Brewers fan, I think I have, I think I have a really slick Brewers collection. If you're a Brewers fan, I think that my stuff is, is top notch. 
what I um, like about that kind of stuff is, and, and what you've described is, it's got a story behind it. And I think that's one of the things that I love about building a collection with some intentionality behind it is that you're able to do that and put together some pieces that are both meaningful, meaningful to you, but also tell a story. And it just makes things so much more interesting and enjoyable. Anyway, that's, that's one of the things I love about, about collecting in general. Yeah. Um, and like, like I said, here, here's another just perseverance story. Um, I, I wanted to get a Hank Aaron breast cancer baseball signed in pink ink. All right. There are very few of these that exist. And I was very patient. I was very patient. I was very patient. And I finally found a guy and I, I paid for it. I spent the money. It's one of the few things that I was like, Ooh, but I did it. The ball arrived. I took it out. I looked at it. I, it was so beautiful. 30 minutes later, Hank Aaron was dead. Wow. So timing is everything. Um, so that was very sad. Uh, but it's again, that, that pink baseball is boy. I love that thing. Um, I have a few, uh, brewers pink on pink. That's something that I like, I tried to collect that for a while, but it's very, it's very difficult, uh, to get them to do. So I really only have three. I have Hank Aaron, Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain, uh, did the pink on pink for me. Um, but yeah, um, collecting is is fun like it's something that i enjoy and i'll always enjoy and like i just like what i like you know what i mean like you like if you just collect what you like if you like to look at your stuff man you're you're never gonna not like your collection like there's just there's just no way so um you know i um just in case there are comic nerds listening um i i do have a small little comics thing it's not much but I, I have um, three comics signed by Stan Lee, and then I do have a first edition Deadpool. Very so nice. like, yeah. So like, again, collect what you like, you know? I see you have some Star Wars stuff back there, right? Like, if you collect what you like, and who's, uh, who's the wrestler? I'm not a big... I, I saw I, Jim Duggan. Okay, all right, all right. So now this is... So Sean, my podcast partner in the Hall of Very Good, huge wrestling fan, right? Um, and, uh, and so he'll be disappointed that I did not know who that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, hacksaw. It came nice. in a collection that I got not too long Very ago. Cool. He he did an appearance here in our town, I believe, um, a few years ago. And the the person that had this collection, you know, got a chance to meet him and got that autographed. And I was like, well, I'm going nice. to keep that one and put it on my wall. So, cool. so we did yeah. that. So um, I also, you know, I during COVID, the thing that I started to collect that I can't really show you because it's all upstairs is is card art. Um, like again, like I showed you the you know the little piece, but like um, I really got into project was it project 70 was that the one that tops did the, the first the 2021 or the second no one, the, the second 70. one so okay. the second one like i have all the alex party cards all the the crazy ones yep. i have all those i have all of the doc ellis ones that were made um i have a bunch of other ones like i really i think that card art like if you think about baseball card or collecting cards in general and then you think about what card art is is just by its very nature effectively card art will 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 appreciate and value more than most cards will uh because again only so many will ever be made ever and then mm-hmm. they're they'll be gone that's it that's why the alex party ones like they disappeared so quickly uh, on ebay and even now they're they're pretty overpriced considering the fact they were 20 bucks if you just bought them from tops at the time um but like i think that card art is something that i've definitely got more enamored with uh, especially since covid 
set in. Um, so I, I encourage everybody to check that out because I think that's a cool thing that's happening. Yeah, I got several of the Project 2020 cards when they came out. And then um, I've got the full run of Game Within a Game cards by Paul Jenis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those. So I had a chance to talk with him a couple times for the show. Cool. And I've had a chance to get um, all of that full run of of Game Within a Game. And um, those are those are pretty sharp cards, too. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely also have that appreciation for for card art. I started off our conversation in my intro kind of mentioning that you were one of the co-hosts of the Hall of Very Good podcast. Let's spend a few minutes talking about that. Tell me about the podcast a little bit. How did you guys get started with that? Sure. So so it actually, I can only take credit for that in so much as the podcast is concerned. So Sean Anderson, my partner, he started the Hall of Very Good website, ooh boy, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago, maybe. Um, and Sean's original intention was he was just uh, trying to write about guys who he thought were deserving of more praise for their careers who weren't getting it from the Hall of Fame. So a noble endeavor. Um, I was the editor for Fansided's Reviewing the Brew, which was their brewer's website. Um, I was the editor there for, I don't know, a period of time. And um, during that time, I started doing uh, lots of weird stuff. <laughs> One of the weird things that I did was what we call John Axford mustache facts, which was basically a ripoff of Chuck Norris facts, but about, you know, John Axford had that beautiful yeah. handlebar mustache. And, um, and um, it, it became so popular that even John Axford was getting into it. And Sean at the time was a member of the American mustache Institute. This is all true. <laughs> it sounds so stupid sometimes when I say it out loud, but um, he was a member of the American mustache Institute. And he asked if he could publish the mustache facts for his site. Well, it, it, it kept kind of steamrolling, and eventually John Axford won the American Mustache Institute's Man of the Year. There you go. And, yeah, and uh, from that point on, Sean and I, we would work together on projects while I still was doing reviewing the brew, and I would do things for Sean on the side. And then eventually um, I just started writing for Hollow Very Good. And after a period of time, uh, we both agreed that writing um, was for the birds, and so we thought talking would be better. So um, we, I mean, once we started, it feels so silly to say, but like, I never, and again, I know everybody says this, but like, if you would have said that, you know, five years and like 300 and some non, like each week we've done an episode for over five years, I would have been like, man, get out of here with that. You know, I mean, that's not true. We've missed a week here and there, but I mean, very, very rarely. Um, I don't think I ever would have believed it uh probably because like i've done other podcasts i know how it goes right you do as much as you can do and as much as you think people can stomach and like when we started you know i don't think anybody really listened um outside of our friends and family it wasn't until um we started kind of weaving our way into that underground baseball world right so th the people who now are like family to me but you know, um, it, it's weird. It's weird how it's worked out. And then, and then one day we we hand wrote a letter to Larry King, and I I firmly believe that that was when everything changed. I think once people saw that we had Larry King on the podcast, I think we we gained a level of credibility. And now prior to that, we had had really cool people on. We had Hank Azaria on. We had had bigger like we had had big name people on. But once we had Larry on. 
we we reached a a level of just like overall credibility and then from there you know now we've had we've had bob costas on and um you know we've had it's wild it's wild to think about sometimes um one time kato kalen called me on my personal cell phone while he was getting his car valeted like that's true like it's wild sometimes um how things have panned and like I've I've hung out with all American girls professional league baseball players and I've hung out with Negro League players and um you know I got to meet Cal Ripken which was super cool um I've gotten to do things that like young me never never probably would have fathomed uh me doing and it's and honestly we've tried to make a show too that appeals to people who are not just it's not just about baseball um I probably should express that we try to have actors on and we try to have people from other baseball just kind of gets you in the door but what we're really trying to do is we're just trying to tell cool stories maybe stories that people haven't heard before so like we won't have we don't have a lot of like major like current major leaguers on we don't talk a lot about what's going on in baseball currently that doesn't happen all that often um you know usually we're talking about you know the history or you know um rewriting history as it may be whatever it you know it happens to be but um you know, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's been a lot of fun. And we just had Joe Madden on and he imparted amazing wisdom upon me. Um, and so you, you just, you just got to keep hustling, right? You just, you know, keep your nose clean and keep hustling and try to try to make sure people like you. You're not about Yeah. That. I think it's, it's, it's been cool to to listen and see the guests that, that you've got on the approach that you guys take, you know, you're, you're regularly digging at that layer below the surface, you know, you're trying to go a layer below the questions that everybody might ask these folks when they're on a book tour or doing the the rounds on the, the press. And I, and I love that because you can see, I, sh- I say that you can see, but, but you can hear in their voice, the excitement of getting a question that's a little bit different than they're, they're normally getting in and they take that and they just run with it oftentimes. And so, you know, that Madden interview was, was great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just hearing the variety of, of different folks that you've had a chance to talk with, I think is, is really cool. And um, the fun that you guys have with it, I think is really neat. So yeah, if anybody out there hasn't checked out the hall of very good podcast, I definitely encourage them to, to go check it out. I yeah, think one, one time, the- one time Johnny Bench did ask me if I was high uh, on the show <laughs> because of a question I asked. So, you know, I have that to hang my head on too. I'm very honored that he thought that, that. is, that is classic. Yeah. I, I think there's, there's something to, once you start get a chance to start doing that and start to build a, a reputation of um, being somebody that's worth talking to, it just kind of opens up doors, like you said. And yeah. so um, I, I just, like I said, I, I really enjoy the show and, and can't wait to, to continue to hear more of it. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun. And uh, when we're done here, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the Joe Madden, the Joe Madden key to happiness story. It's a good one. Well, Lou, thanks for coming on again today. Before we go, why don't you let people know where they can find you and find your show? Sure. Um, the Hall of Very Good is available on all of your podcast, like wherever you listen to your podcast, we're there now. Uh, we've we've broken through all the barriers, so we're on everything. Um, if you would leave us a review, we always appreciate that. Those are always very nice, too, wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, you can find me on Twitter 
at least for now, uh, at Lucifer Olson, L-O-U-C-I-F-E-R-O-L-S-E-N. Um, I'm going to apologize up front to your listeners. I'm a little, I'm a little angsty politically right now, but that'll be over here in another week. So it'll go back to mostly baseball. Uh, <laughs> I live in, I live in a hostile state. So I sometimes have to defend the honor uh, of my people. So I do apologize to everyone. It'll be over soon, I hope. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. Um, I have Instagram, but don't, don't worry about it. I have TikTok. I wouldn't worry about that either. Uh, those I post on those so infrequently, I, I wouldn't really worry about either of those. <laughs> well, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Like the athletes we admire, the sports card shop is changing the game. We're not launching threes, bombing drives, or hitting dingers, but we have built a unique gathering spot for all collectors to trade cards, talk sports, play games, and watch their favorite athletes on the big screens. Yes, we've partnered with Panini, Upper Deck, Leaf, Tops, Fanatics, Pokemon, and others to bring you all the latest in sealed wax and singles. But the sports card shop in New Buffalo, Michigan is much, much more. Our recent expansion brings collectible sneakers, Hot Wheels, and more sports and entertainment memorabilia into the mix. Our new Collector's Cave Game Room is the perfect place to throw a rip party, bring friends, rip packs, trade cards, play billiards, ping pong, shuffleboard, classic arcade, and Xbox games, all while watching your favorite sport on TV. Visit us at thesportscardshop.com. Follow us on social at underscore sportscardshop or better yet, visit us in person to learn about special events, party packages, new products, and everything we're doing for you. The Sports Card Shop, connecting people, sports, and the hobby around the world. I really enjoyed getting a chance to talk with Lou, hear about his John Stockton Super Collection, and his overall approach to collecting and why collecting is meaningful to him and what his goals are when it comes to building a collection. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as well. Let me know if you did or even if you didn't. Reach out to me on Twitter at TheMikeSummer. Send me an email at WaxPackHero at gmail.com. You can find me on TikTok and Instagram at WaxPackHero. I'd love to hear your feedback, and I'd love to hear what you want to learn more about. Well, that is all I have for you today, so I'll catch you next time.